welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. weeks ago, uh, two of my favorite things collided, books and ballet. I've actually had a copy of Kerry Turner's debut novel, The Last Days of the Romanov Dancers, sitting on my bedside table for months. So when I heard Kerry would be in town, I thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to not only take some time out for myself and actually read this incredible book, but also interview Kerry for the podcast. When I sat down with Kerry, I was halfway through the book and now that I've finished, I would just like to say, wow, what a read. I thoroughly enjoyed this one, guys. And if you're an adult ballerina, this is a book you just won't want to put down. Set in Petrograd in 1914, the novel is about two imperial Russian ballet dancers who fall in love during World War I. Now, if like myself, Petrograd doesn't ring a bell, it's also known as St. Petersburg, home of the Marinsky Theatre. The city has changed its name back and forth, and during 1914, it was known as Petrograd. So there you go. You learn something new every day, or at least I have. I had an absolute ball reading this book as I learned so many new things about the ballet world. I, like embarrassingly so, I can't believe I didn't know these things. I truly didn't know until now just how luxurious and wealthy the life of a ballet dancer was back then. Very different to today's standards. And I also had no idea that most principal ballerinas had what they called a protector, someone that paid for their lifestyle and influenced the theatre and their roles in the company, basically in, sh- in exchange for sharing their bed. So what Kerry does is she carefully uses actual famous ballerinas of this period mixed with fictional characters to share this side of the ballet world. So it truly is an incredible insight into a world that is just so foreign from the ballet world today. Now, the book is definitely not for young children. Um, I'd say it would be okay for teenagers maybe, but this is the precise reason why I think any adult ballerina will absolutely love this read. So many books um, are written about ballet and targeted at children. So it's kind of nice to have a little scandal and romance for the older age bracket of ballet lovers. Kerry and I chat about her writing process, her own ballet journey, she now teaches adults, and the wonderfully exciting world of ballet in the early days. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think you will too. If you want to purchase Kerry's book and you want to have a look at what the cover is, just go check it out on Instagram. I'll definitely be popping up lots of photos. Um, I always get so many DMs whenever I put up a book recommendation and that just tells me that 
everyone in the BB community loves books just as much as I do. So like I said, I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I am currently sitting in front of the lovely Kerry Turner, author of The Last Days of the Romanov Dancers and fellow adult ballet teacher yes. too. <laughs> so can I just say, how cool is it that we are actually in a library doing this interview? It's fantastic. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I haven't done an interview yet in a library. So. Oh, really? Well, very fitting to have an author in a library. <laughs> very fitting. Um, so your book is your very first published book. How exciting. How is the book tour going? Where have you been and where to next? I've not been to too many places. Queensland was actually my first place I've yeah. been to since the release of it. Yeah. And I've been focusing mainly on Brisbane and the Gold Coast, uh, mm-hmm. doing library talks and book signings because I have family here as well. So it was oh, a nice. double reason. And I actually did a lot of my dance training in this area as well. So it kind of felt like ah. coming home with a dance book to my dance background. I, I was going to get into your dance story. So like how old were you when you started? What what did what does your dance yep. story look like? It, it's the fairly typical one that yep. I think a lot of people have. I started asking, mum says I was three when yep. I started asking to, for ballet classes and she thought it was a phase. <laughs> <laughs> when I was five and still asking, she finally caved and went, okay, maybe it's not such a phase after all. Oh. And I did um, a year with a school that was just sort of a fun one. They yeah. didn't have a lot of money. Our end of year concert, I still remember, was in her carport <laughs> underneath her house. Oh on my uneven gosh, really? Cement. Yep. Everyone bought their uh, fold-out camp chairs. That's <laughs> all the parents did to sit How rustic. <laughs> it, was, it was a little different. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I haven't heard of that one no. before. So no, you don't have a typical no, typical well, ballet that, story. <laughs> the start was a little different. That's what you don't see that today really. No. But um that school closed down after about a year or so and the teacher yeah. moved away and I went to a more proper school after yes. that. And I did the typical you know, ballet, jazz, contemporary, tap dancing, Bit of doing everything. all the exams all mm. the way through schooling years. Yeah. So that, that part was fairly typical of a dance background. Yeah. And then so when did you, because now you're an adult ballet teacher yes. too, as well as an author. Yes. Like, this is amazing. This is why I was like, I have to get her on the podcast. Um, how did you go from from training to yeah. teaching? Well, I when I reached grade 12, I started auditioning for full-time dance courses there. Mm-hmm. I really I knew I needed some extra polish on my technique and performance ability in that. And I got accepted into a few different ones, but I chose to study with the Queensland University of Technology mm-hmm. in Brisbane. And I did two years there with them, which was great. I, I really went from strength to strength in terms of my dancing. I had always wanted to be a performer, particularly mm-hmm. in ballet, but as a lot of people do, I sort of hit the stage where I realized I was never gonna have the right body type mm-hmm. to do ballet professionally. And through those sort of realizations, I actually fell out of love with it a little bit. I tried teaching immediately afterwards. I did six months and I just had to step away from it completely for a bit there because I'd had this idea since I was that three-year-old asking for classes of being this ballerina, this performer on stage, you know, doing all the classics and and that wasn't going to be me anymore. And it took um, some time away from dance completely to sort of discover who I was without that dream who I was going to be and so I just 
I did a whole bunch of different random jobs, you name it. I've probably done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this story is all too familiar. Yes. I mean, and a lot of people don't talk about it and I'm really glad that more people are talking about it. Um, you know, you hear the stories of people that have an injury or things like that and that ends their career. But a lot of people get shy or even ashamed to talk about not loving dance anymore, especially if they eventually came back to it like I did. Yeah. And it was, um, I'd moved to Townsville up in North Queensland to be with my husband and again, did some different jobs up there. And he got um, an invitation to move to Sydney for his work and mm. we took it up. And it was while I was in Sydney, I was seeing that adult dance classes were becoming really popular, particularly in Europe, and that was really starting there. Yes. And they were talking about how, particularly for people sort of 50 and upwards, ballet is so beneficial. It helps with, it, with things like bone density and strengthening balance, which starts to go as you age. And it also wards off Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is a perspective of ballet that I've not really looked at before and I found it really interesting so I really started looking into it more and more finding out everything I could and I approached my local community college and said would you be interested in putting on a a ballet class for over 55s and just seeing if people would like to do that or not and they said yeah that sounds fantastic right up our alley yeah put the class on and it was a huge success lots of people came along and loved it so we continued that I then opened up an adult ballet class, just an open age one yep. as well. And then I extended into tap dancing for over 55s as oh, well. Nice. And it made me fall back in love with dance yeah. as well. Because it, all these nice? men and women who had, most of them have never danced before. Yeah. Or some danced and then gave it up and have returned. But in my over 55s classes, most uh, come up to me and say, I always wanted to dance. Yes, but my I parents get this couldn't all afford the time. It or, yeah. yep. And they say, oh, you're making a dream come true that I thought had long passed me by. And, and doesn't it make you feel the best? It does. When people How could say you not that love to me, it? I'm like, oh my gosh. I, like- I cried the first time <laughs> someone <laughs> said that to me. I hugged her. I was like, I love you. I hope that's not inappropriate. But <laughs> Oh, that's so nice. But I completely fell back in love with dance by having that fresh new perspective yep. that I hadn't had before as well and I, I I'm love, very grateful. <laughs> I love that it's come full circle for you yes. and now now your book is even yes. surrounded by ballet as well. Um, first of all though I love that you have an associate degree in dance yes. and a diploma of publishing. <laughs> so for those that don't know a diploma of publishing would involve um, a combination of editing, proofreading and publishing. Yes. So did you always know that you wanted to combine your passions eventually or how did that weave into the story that I you did. ended up with? Such a great yes. combo. <laughs> <laughs> a weirdly specific combo. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was Which makes so much sense no, yes. now, though. Yeah. yeah, in retrospect, it does. <laughs> I was always a big reader. My parents mm. encouraged it from a very young age. And I was lucky in that they let me sort of read freely and widely. I was allowed to choose mm-hmm. whatever I want. That sort of encouraged the love. And I always wanted to write. Mm-hmm. I was writing, you know, little stories when I was a kid. I was trying to write longer stories when I was a teenager and that. And I thought that one day I would write something ballet-based. Um, but I thought it would be after the ballet career. You know, a sort of post-retirement second career to have. Yeah. And then obviously the, the ballet career didn't work out as I'd planned. Um, and it was my husband encouraging me to sort of step into 
trying to write. I was a little bit, I guess, gun shy about it at first. Well, I think writing a book has, you know, it's on such a high pedestal yes. that, it, that you know, it, it's you do need a bit of encouragement yes. to go, you can do this. And I'm sure, like, throughout the writing process, you're probably like, like oh, my God, what am I doing? Who do I, who do I think <laughs> I am thinking I can write a book, you know? Definitely. There's a lot of that self. It's actually really similar to dance, I find. Pro- you, I, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. You spend so much time just sort of chipping away at it, gradually trying to get better and better. I completely credit my dance background with having this sort of determination yep, to keep going. Um, there's a lot of rejection in writing as well. Probably more so yes. than <laughs> dance, to be honest. <laughs> there is, and a lot of writers find that really hard. But because I was used to you know, standing in front of a mirror in a leotard and being told everything that was wrong with me, I sort of thrived on any feedback that they would give me. So I'm a little bit of an odd one out <laughs> with oh, no, writers it, because of that. It's so true. And, and I constantly tell my students, you know, even if you have nothing to do with dance, you yeah. know, um, later in life, the skills that you're learning in this studio are going to yeah. – make you so much more determined than the person next yes. to you and so much more resilient so absolutely I'm glad that you said that because they'll be listening and going oh Miss George is not lying <laughs> but um so now let's get into books yes. um like the balanced ballerinas community is right into their books Fantastic. I find that whenever I post like a suggestion or a recommendation yep. for a book my dms are, like filled up with oh, oh really? I'm gonna go out and buy that or I'm gonna <laughs> how about have you read this Georgia or this one's also great oh wonderful so um I've been really excited excited about interviewing you because I can't wait to push everyone to go buy your book <laughs> please <laughs> yeah definitely I so I'm so everyone should know I'm halfway through um I'm loving it it's beautiful like I yeah you're very very talented you. <laughs> and I've read my fair share of books too so no I'm really enjoying it um I would love to know a little bit more about your writing process mm-hmm. and how the last days of the Romanov am I saying this correct yes, yes you thank you I just thought oh my gosh am I saying this right the last days of the Romanov dances um came came about it was actually there was a single sentence in a book that sparked the idea for my book wow it was in the diary of Vaslav Nijinsky obviously very famous dance Uh book and I'd always wanted to read it and my local library where I was living finally had a copy so I went and borrowed it and funnily enough I actually never got past the introduction because the introduction in this edition was by a dance journalist called Joan Akachella and it was like six pages or something long, mm-hmm. but there was one sentence in there which talked about the most famous Russian dancers in that era of all these classic ballets being created, um, participated in this practice of having protectors, which were people who basically financed them um, in returns for a relationship that was exclusive. I am finding this part of the book fascinating yes. Yes. and something that I had no idea about. Me neither. No idea. And I, you know, I have my associate degree in dance. I had danced all my life. That makes me feel better. My whole life is around ballet and I didn't know this. Me neither. And my studies actually included history of dance as a topic. And I didn't know this. And I came to sort of a screaming halt when I read this sentence and went, wait, what? Tell me more. So I put the book down and started researching more about this topic. And, you know, I'd, as I said, I'd always kind of wanted to write a book. Mm. And I just knew instinctively that's the book. That's, that's what I yeah, want to write about. Yeah, that topic. Love there it. is something there. And then through the research, this actual story itself kind of built itself very naturally around all the bits and pieces I started finding out. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. That's so good. Yeah, because it's a, it's a part of the book I'm just finding absolutely fascinating. <laughs> um, you, now, you have a beautiful section actually on your website. So for anyone who's a, a writer out there, you've got lots of writing resources. Yes. So that's so kind and thoughtful <laughs> of you to share these with other writers um, that, you know, maybe want to be yes. published one day. Yeah. If you had to pick one book, though, which focuses on the writing process yes. um, just now for listeners yeah. to go out and buy, yes. what would you recommend? I like to rec- – I mean, a lot of the ones that everyone recommends are really fantastic. So I actually like to recommend this one that a lot of people haven't heard of uh-huh. because other Great. authors will recommend Stephen King's On Writing and things like which is brilliant and well worth it. But there's a book called Do Story by Bobette Buster. She's an American woman who – works as kind of like I guess you'd call it a script doctor in Hollywood yeah um, she is used by Disney Pixar quite a lot and essentially when they have a script that they love but it's not quite working they send it to Bobette and she's the one that comes up with suggestions on how to fix it she's the one that with the movie Frozen suggested it be sisterly love that became the main theme of love in it as opposed to romantic love yeah. so she she just knows storytelling she knows her stuff she does <laughs> <laughs> okay so what was the title again it's called do story it actually do has story. like a, a longer yeah. you know sort of subtitle underneath that but it's easier to just look up do story by bobette buster awesome what a name too i know i thought it was it's like a comic book name <laughs> it is a little bit it is a little bit now, for those who haven't read the book, um, could you please explain a little bit of what the storyline is without giving yes. it away, of yes. course? Yes, no spoilers. <laughs> yes, no spoilers. It is set in Russia in that sort of era of all the classic ballets being created, so mm-hmm. prior to the Russian Revolution. It does centre around the real-life Imperial Russian Ballet Company, mm-hmm. which obviously was home to people like Nijinsky himself and Anna Pavlova. But I do have two fictional characters as the main characters, um, Luka Zyakov and Valentina Yesheva. They both come from poor factory working backgrounds, which was slightly rare in that era, but it was not unheard of. Completely impossible. Yes. Yeah, there are a few that made it. And it was also the only way to escape poverty if you're in Russia. Ballet or opera were the only two ways out if you weren't born to a wealthy family. And I thought that was a very interesting interesting. perspective. So I wanted to include that. But they both have very different perspectives on life in the company. Valentina, she participates in this practice of having a protector. She's a soloist, very ambitious, very determined not to go back to her poverty-stricken roots. Whereas Luca is new to the ballet, he joins as a quarter ballet member. And he struggles with guilt because Russia had just sort of embarked on the First World War here. And being in the ballet company meant you were exempt from being conscripted to the war. So Luca has family members going off to the war, whereas he knows he will never have to face that fate. And he really struggles with it, doesn't he? Does. He does, yes. There's a lot of guilt sort of compounded by the fact that his father views him as a little bit of a traitor and... Um, and that there's obviously this is the time of the big social divide and civil unrest in Russia as well between rich and poor. So we're building up towards the revolution and the events that happened there. And the revolution really impacted the Imperial Russian Ballet uh, because the ballet was owned by the Romanov family. 
So there's obviously danger gradually getting amped up in mm-hmm. the book. There's these two dancers who have a connection but don't always understand each other. Yeah. And they get a little bit blind to where the country is headed as well. And I won't tell you, you know, what happens after that. No, this is kind of where I'm up to. Okay, so, I'll stop. So stop. <laughs> <laughs> but the book does start um, by delving kind of straight into the main character, Valentina. Yes. Um, and she's grappling with like her previous life of poverty and now this really opulent existence yes. that she resides in. However... Her new world is all to do with her protectors yes. and a man. And in particular, um, her second protector is really violent. Yes. Um, so for those that don't understand what we mean by a protector, because it took me a couple of chapters to work out yes. what what was going How on here. Goes, yeah. What do you mean by a protector? So a protector is it's usually a man, nine times out of ten, in which a ballet dancer would basically share their bed with them in exchange for them financing their lifestyle, but also influencing their rank and role in the company and cementing them in these sort of upper parts of Russian society as well. So fascinating. It is. I just had no idea why I didn't know this information. Same. They've kept it very well hidden since then. (laughs) But thanks to your book, now I know. So it's it's good to know. But um, but so the the protector that she has... um, He's really violent. He's got a yes. really bad temper. Like, what enticed you to kind of write about this kind of relationship? I I was fascinated with the whole concept of protectors. Mm. I found out that Nijinsky had a protector and a Pavlova had a p- protector. Yeah, see, I and didn't I, know that. I know. And these crazy, amazing artists, the fact that they still needed protectors was yeah. almost a little baffling to me and a little bit sad. It's that very you can sad. be the best of the best and an artist like no one's ever seen before and still need one. Mm. And then when I researched it a bit more and how much influence and money these protectors did have, I felt that they lent themselves to quite an abusive relationship because there is naturally a power imbalance. Mm. And I was very inspired actually by Nijinsky's relationship with Diaghilev, who created the Ballet Russe. Diaghilev was Nijinsky's protector. And while he was not physically abusive towards Nijinsky, but he did sort of overuse his power and influence with them. They did have a relationship. And the first time Nijinsky was sort of out of sight of Diaghilev was the company was traveling to another country. Nijinsky was on a different boat to Diaghilev and he met and married a woman while he, on the few weeks he was on this wow. boat. That's how quickly he sort of escaped this relationship. And Diaghilev was irate when he found out about it and he kicked him out of the Ballet Russe company and did not want anything to do with him again for many years until he found out that Nijinsky was going insane and then he felt guilty (laughs) and came back to see him but it was sort of a little bit too late for that but I just thought that in itself shows the power imbalance in these relationships that Nijinsky's career was just cut off abruptly because of this protector relationship having gone awry and so I just thought it just very naturally lent itself to... Super fascinating. Yeah, to something sort of abusive and going a step yeah. further. And for those that don't know, we aren't talking about the book anymore. So for those that, that aren't aware, Anna Pavlova and Nijinsky are real yes. dancers from 
you know, a yes. real period, like this actually happened. Very so, iconic dances Very as well. iconic. Cream of the crop. <laughs> yes. So it's just, um, it's just fascinating. Um, and then, so the other main character, Luca. Yes. Um, so now we're back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should clarify who, that. As yeah, I <laughs> who wants to be just like Nijinsky. Yes. So Nijinsky is a, is it? Nijinsky's yes. name is weaved in and out and, yes. and he is a real a real person so that that was a real dancer back in the day um it's nice learning about Luca's character through his struggle between I guess the lavish ballet world and his working class family yes. um he's really cute I like I him I like him too yeah <laughs> I, I mean do. I should because I wrote him <laughs> <laughs> no he seems really sweet um and really passionate when yes. it counts yes I really wanted to contrast this sort of um, strong, vi- strong in the wrong way, and violent protector character with someone who is gentle and kind and loving yeah. and confused and can be temperamental like a lot of artists, but goes about it in the right way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like him. And it must have been really um, fun exploring the world of ballet from, I guess, an entirely different point of view that would be found today. Yes. Like, for example, Luca's first encounter with uh, principal of the Imperial Ballet, uh, Matilde... Kaczynska. I'm probably butchering that. <laughs> I should oh, come on, Karen, you got to get it right. <laughs> Any Russian words and my pronunciation is atrocious, unfortunately. Oh, it's better than mine. But yeah, so principal of the Imperial Ballet and he comes in her carriage on the train. Yes. And it's so elaborate yes. and there's like her initials on pillows yes. and it's like, you know, candies and amazing <laughs> food and like these kinds of luxuries just aren't part of the culture today. No. Like, so, you know, Sure, the ballet world has cocktail parties, but it's nothing <laughs> like what it's like in this book. Yes. So it's really fun to read. Um, you would have had a lot of fun writing I did. about the ballet world in, in this way. Yes. And things like the extreme wealth um, of people like Matilde. Matilde was also a real life ballerina. And um, I actually had to tone down the amount of wealth that she amassed through wow. ballet because it is that ridiculous and extreme. That no one would have believed yeah, you. Exactly. They would have gone, that's outlandish. You've gone too far. So I actually had to be very choosy in picking things that were sort of pushing the boundaries, yeah. but still maybe just believable. Give us an example. <laughs> Give us a behind the scenes. What's an actual real one that you were like, I just can't okay. put that in the book. Um, <laughs> I think this might actually be in the author note. I can't remember yeah. if I included it or not at the very end, but electricity was still relatively new mm-hmm. in Russia. Um, some places had it, particularly in the center of the city Matilde always had to have the best of the best so she had a power plant built next door to her house to just power her house so that she would always have electricity supplied oh my gosh (laughs) so yeah (laughs) it's just it's just such a stark contrast compared to I mean the arts in general today is viewed in such poverty yes And it's what ballet dancers now. earn is nowhere near enough. No. Um, and what they deserve for the amount of work yes. put in. It, it, I'm finding it, being halfway through the book, really fun reading a world that's just so foreign from the yes. ballet world that, that I know. And yeah. I'm kind of like, ooh, I wish I was a ballerina back in, <laughs> back in like Russia in these days. Like, <laughs> that would have been good. I may I thought, have stuck yeah. it out a bit longer. Yeah, minus the whole protector thing. I thought, yeah, that sounds... <laughs> The rest I could deal with. You, you could. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying, oh, I could do the protective thing. I was like, really, Carrie? Oh, really? I probably wouldn't go that far. I mean. yeah, don't, don't know if I, yeah. That's so funny. 
But yeah, no, and I also find um, it's really fun to read a love story. I know that a lot of my uh, adult ballerinas especially will would, would love reading this book um, because the first meet cute is via a part of her, for example, <laughs> and specifically in this case, the Puss in Boots part of her from Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Was this fun to write? It was. Yeah. I actually, I sat in front of YouTube watching many different variations of yes. the um, Puss in Boots part of her, trying to figure out the one that would be closest to what would have been performed in the Imperial Russian Ballet in those years. And then I sort of very choreographed the scene in my head, watching mm-hmm. these YouTube clips going, play, pause, play, pause, going here, he'd hold her hand, you know, yeah. here she'd start to, you know, get a bit flushed or something. Yeah. Well, um, you, you did a good job. You did a good you. job. And I love this part. Okay, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read your book back <laughs> to you. Without thinking, Luca took a step closer to her and the hand that held the feather fluttered down to her side in an unintended port bra. I mean... <laughs> As a dancer, yes, and as many listeners will agree, reading a love story where an unintended portabra, <laughs> we completely can relate yep. and understand that, and it's just it brings a whole new layer of romance to it. Um, this would have been really fun to write, especially like having small nods to the ballet repertoire yes. throughout things that are uh, normal actions. Yeah. You've done a fantastic job. Thank you so much. I tried. I loved it. <laughs> I, loved it. I was reading that part last night and I was like, jot it down. That's so beautiful. I love Thank it. You. It's definitely going up as a, a balanced ballerina's quote oh, on, I the, like that. on the Instagram. Yep. <laughs> um, now, there's a part where Matilde curtsies at the end of a performance. Yes. And you mentioned that her knee doesn't quite hit yes. the ground because there's no royalty at the performance. Correct. So, wow, like how much um, research went into this book? <laughs> quite a lot. I delved into some very strange corners of the internet. <laughs> yes. Looking for all the information I needed. I did eventually go to Russia, but I didn't have the means to go until after I had signed a book deal. Yeah. So prior to that, I was really conscious of the fact that I was writing about another country and a culture that I didn't belong to and a way of dance that doesn't sort of exist anymore. So I really wanted to be able to confirm all the little details. And Mm -hmm. if I couldn't confirm them a couple of times from a couple of different sources, then I didn't want to put it in at all. And and that was just my own thing. I'm very particular (laughs) with things like that. But I felt like they really bring the book to life as well like learning about this process of curtsying at the end of a performance and that it was structured yeah I I didn't know that the the knee won't I mean it seems so odd yes (laughs) but it's that kind of thing that you know protocol with royalty always seems a bit odd (laughs) that's that's very true so after you actually went to Russia then when you came back did parts of your book obviously change a bit did yeah thankfully not as much as I was dreading. <laughs> so you were like, oh, I did good yes. research. Yeah, I was. I think because I'd had my process of wanting to double or triple confirm all these details, that there weren't things I found that I'd gotten drastically wrong. There were yeah. just a couple of little... It was more sort of putting some polish on the yeah. story, I guess, yeah. than having to drastically change things. No, it was, yeah, I was reading going, gosh, I didn't even know that. Like, you <laughs> must have put so much effort into the historical yes. background of this. It's It's... Quite a feat. Good, good job. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> now, um, 
Of course, don't you love it when you write a book? People go, so, do you intend on writing yes. any more books? <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, next? I do have an answer prepared. Good, <laughs> let's hear it. I actually, my second book is well underway already. It has actually been written. It's been edited twice. There's only a proofread left to go on it. So wow. that's coming out. Early next year, I don't have a set release date for it because they chop and change that all the time, but it will be early 2020 and it's called The Daughter of Victory Lights and it's historical fiction again. Lovely. Has this one got anything to do with dance or is it different? It's not based around ballet, but it does still have the performing arts in it. This time it's a little bit more sort of like burlesque and variety shows okay and with the also with the perspective of people who do the lighting for live performances so there's definitely performing arts and dance in it just from a different uh, perspective this time nice oh good yeah it's like one of those things with a with a book I can imagine um it's (laughs) like when you have a baby you have a baby and then they go so when's the next one (laughs) (laughs) and you think this one just came out yeah let me breathe for a second I'm still on my book tour (laughs) let me enjoy that no. I also um, love that you share your books you're currently reading on your Instagram. Yes, so I love your Insta- Yeah, your Instagram's not just all about your work. You share what you're currently yes. reading and, and that's really fantastic. So I do encourage everyone to go follow you. You're <laughs> Kerry Turner author, aren't yes, you, on Instagram? Yes, I think it's Kerry Turner underscore author, underscore I think. Author. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> you should know. I should. I, yeah, it is. So I will I will definitely tag you in lots of things so people can find you very easily, you. especially when this podcast comes out. Um, and what are you reading at the moment? I actually, on the flight here, I started reading a Dostoevsky novel because I thought my book's set in Russia. And I have read some uh, classic Russian literature before, but yeah. mostly Tolstoy. And I, th- I was always a bit intimidated by Dostoevsky. He's just, I don't know, he sounds intimidating. Yeah, I'm intimidated <laughs> just hearing you say these yes. names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, a flight's the perfect time. You know, I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Perfect time to try reading this book. And it's actually just a novella. It's a little one called The Gambler. And I thought that was a great opportunity to... Um, dive into that so that's what I'm reading at the moment there you go and um, where can we purchase your stunning new book it's available from most bookstores Um, if they're out of stock just ask them to count and they can usually order it in from Mm -hmm. the publisher but it's also available online booktopia sells at any online store and you can also get the ebook version through amazon and the apple ibook store so pretty much every and target big w kmart yeah i'm pretty sure sold out at a lot of them oh really that's good congratulations (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure so mum bought my copy maybe a couple of months ago from Kmart um, and was like, oh, this looks good. Thought you might like it. (laughs) I'm so glad she did. (laughs) Yeah, she's coming today later so for your your talk. And so, yeah, you'll get to meet her. So you can thank her for the reason we're sitting here today. Um, But, yeah, congratulations. That's amazing that it's almost sold out. I know. I was surprised by that. I had people emailing me saying, I'm trying to buy your book and I can't find it. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm also happy (laughs) that it's selling that fast. Yeah, no, don't. Don't apologise. Yeah. Like, I will definitely, I know it's on Booktopia. It so is, I yes. will definitely um, pop a link in one of my newsletters ah, to to the BB community so they Thank can you. purchase themselves a copy because I, I know why it's selling out because it really is a beautiful read. And Thank you. Even if you have nothing to do with, with dance, so say you're a parent of a dancer, yep. it's a, just a fascinating read. I really, um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad. I, 
Can't wait to finish the rest of it off. <laughs> Hopefully um, the rest lives up to it. <laughs> oh, no, it definitely will. I feel like I'm just getting to the, the best of the best. So now I always ask our guests, yes. what is your tip for leading a balanced life? For me, it's having flexibility, not physically, but in your... <laughs> I mean, that can help, I guess. That but, helps. Yeah, but in your attitude to life. I have found... I'm a big organiser. I love to plan everything out. But I have found that the moments that have really made me happiest or bettered me as a person or given me more balance in my life is when those well-laid plans go awry and instead of fighting against them, I've been open to them, those changes, and embracing them. And it's taken my life into directions I wouldn't have expected and given it balance in areas I wouldn't have even considered. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no one said that <laughs> oh, kind really? of answer before yet. So, no, that's – and it's so true. Well, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to work for a lot more people too. So, thank you. That's a fantastic tip. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, Kerry. Thank you for having me. It is so lovely to meet you. And I want everyone to buy your book because it's just fantastic. And the amount of work that I can see behind it is – you should be very proud. <laughs> thank you. It's a passion project, that's for sure. <laughs> As always, thanks so much for listening. Isn't Kerry an absolute delight? After our chat, I actually got to listen to Kerry speak to a room full of people for her Meet the Author event at the library. She was so confident, um, beautifully rehearsed, and had the most beautiful posture whilst presenting. I don't know of too many authors who could do that, especially as they're used to being in a room all day by themselves writing away. I think Kerry would agree with me that her ballet training can take some credit for her ability to stand confidently and share her thoughts with a room full of strangers. So congratulations again, Kerry, on a wonderful performance and your amazing debut novel. You can find her on Instagram at kerryturner underscore author. And of course, you can find myself at Balance Ballerinas on the gram. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on Apple iTunes. It certainly helps keep the podcast going and inspires me to create useful and hopefully inspiring content for our lovely BB community. Have a lovely week.